As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Conversations from the front lines of marketing. This is B2B Growth. Welcome back to B2B Growth. My name is James Carberry. I'm the founder of Sweetfish and I'm joined today by Dan Sanchez, our director of audience growth. And this is another episode of the Journey series. And uh, we are talking about our journey at Sweetfish of turning B2B Growth into 10,000 B2B marketers' favorite media property. And today we are talking about how SEO isn't dead. Dan, I really want to hear your two cents on this because I think Chris Walker uh, has put out a lot of content and Chris Walker is brilliant. We are huge fanboys of Chris Walker around here, but I think he's been a he's been one of the big voices that have been kind of poo-pooing on SEO. And uh, we disagree with that around here. That's one of the one of the few points of views that that Chris has that we are not really on board with. So Dan, talk to us about it a little bit. Funny thing is, a lot of people call channels dead, but hardly do they actually die. <laughs> like, there's always nuance to these things. There might have been a way people have done it that doesn't work anymore. But channels, big channels, especially some as big as SEO, hardly ever die. They just change. They evolve. And honestly, if you think about the way Chris Walker has to approach things, like most thought leaders, they have to be bifurcating. They have to say, no, it's all this way, not this way, in order to really stand out. So I understand the approach he takes in it. But honestly, we all know that like, it doesn't have to be this or that. You could do both. You know, you can do both relatively well. Now, hopefully you probably can't do like a dozen things really well. You can only do, you know, as many as you can do well at a time and then level up from there. But SEO is absolutely a fantastic channel. It's one of my favorite channels because even though it takes more work on the front end, dang, you can take a month or two off and it continues to work for you. It's probably one of my favorite things about SEO. But you're right, the current narrative has been anti-SEO and very much pro-social. Like you should be generating demand. So by the time they're in market and searching for things, the only people they're finding on SEO and your competitors are the ones they've already, they're only getting it because they need three other options to bring to their CFO to show their due diligence. But they're already going to present their favorite as the one, right? Because you've generated demand. And while I say that's that's true, that's certainly happening. Oftentimes, I know I still have people coming to Sweetfish asking for podcasting services. And where do they find us? SEO. Do they have a preferred person yet? No, 
<laughs> Chances are, because if they did, we're on LinkedIn, it's probably going to be us because we already do really well on LinkedIn and already generate demand from LinkedIn. So I'm saying this as somebody who already does social well, like we as a company do social well, and I'm still saying there's a lot of room to play over here in SEO. Yeah. So I think you've done a really good job of articulating the current narrative and the the author of that narrative. I think he's he's obviously, you know, the firm that he started in Refine Labs. I think he would probably say that they don't do SEO work because they feel like it doesn't work, but there's naturally going to be a bias to his narrative here because they do a lot of paid ads and, and positioning and messaging and, and uh, they're doing some really good creative work. So this is not to crap on Chris or his team at all, but you just, you have to think critically about this kind of stuff. It's like, what would be Chris's incentive to push people away from SEO? Well, it's to push them toward doing what he's doing. And the answer is more often than not, the answer is more and than it is or. So it's not a matter of should we do SEO or social? It's you should do SEO and social. And so that's that's one of the recurring themes that uh, we're, you're going to hear us talking about a lot is we have to be using the word and a lot more than we're using the word or when it comes to marketing because there are so many freaking ways to win. It's ridiculous. So Dan, give us a little bit of history because you've been in the SEO game for a while now. You ran this playbook at your last company at a college in, in the higher ed space. What worked then that is now broken? What used to work is very long and lengthy articles, like exhaustive articles. And honestly, they didn't even have to be written by someone who really knew what they were talking about. If Google thought it was a long and authoritative, then they were usually going to take it. And having a long and lengthy article, it's funny because you hit these articles and they're super long, right? But you're looking for a particular answer. So what do you do? You scroll and scroll and scroll, hunting and hunting, looking for the thing. And eventually you find it. But what does Google think? Oh, they spent a lot of time looking at this article. It must be really good. They found what they were looking for. No, it's because we were hunting and looking for it because it always showed like there was promise in it, but it never delivered, right? You get to the the list. I don't know how many, like I look for like creative date ideas and you get to the list and it's like 50 things and they're all like the super obvious thing. Go to a potting wheel class and throw a pot together. You're like, okay, that's (laughs) no. (laughs) Go to the beach, have a picnic. You're like, okay. Like if I sat down and just thought of random 50 random things, I'm sure I could have come up with this list for myself. Do you have any ideas that are original that I haven't heard of before? Like most articles are like that. They're very commodity. They're the things that people can think of. And they were better than what was before, which was nothing, right? Or just 300 words of nothing, like of something really, it it was fluffy and it was only 300 words of fluffy. Now you have all these 2,000, 3,000 word articles and they're still fluffy, but at least there's more fluff than there was before, you know, with the promise of something good. And maybe one of them is, you know, but that, that was the state. Now that doesn't work anymore because the internet's saturated with long articles. Long form was the game for a long, for a while there. Now it's actually delivering original content, original ideas from true expertise. Because what everybody did was hire writers to go and write about things they didn't know about. HubSpot had an army of writers to go and write about things about marketing. And they they probably, they went through inbound university, but they didn't know, they, they didn't go through the grind like, like most marketers did with the pain and the trial and the error and the copywriting and the broken forms and having too many customers, not having enough customers and feeling all the emotions with it is a totally different place to write from after a decade of being in the trenches 
and being hardened and, and know what like knowing what's true is worth being excited over. You know, it's like it's a totally different place to write from than what you're gonna be able to write to in a few hours. And they're gonna be able to have different insights. And my favorite example of this is like the like how to run a marathon, like tips for running marathons. And like a classic article that you would have found before was tip number one, drink water. You're like, oh, such an obvious answer. Like, of course I'm going to drink water versus someone who's actually run a marathon. They might be like, hey, the trick to running a marathon is by staying hydrated, but not drinking so much that you get a cramp in your side. So over training, you need to make sure that you train with a certain amount of water type by bringing a backpack and kind of watching how much you drink. So you can either bring water with you or kind of measure how much you need to drink at the running stations along the way. And do you need to walk or run through the running stations when drinking water? That's some, like all these different nuances. Yeah. Like even yeah. James, James, I know hasn't run a marathon. And he's probably like, oh, I never considered that before. Yeah. <laughs> this would be news to him, but I have run a marathon. And I'm like thinking through all the things having done it that I'd had to think through actually doing it. It's going to come from a different place as somebody who's done it versus someone who only read about it for an hour or two. Um, And that's what the new thing looks like is actually writing from that place. I like that distinction of as you're executing your SEO game plan, it's not just a matter of going and hiring a writer. It's actually the combination of a subject matter expert with the writer. And so, yes, a little bit more expensive to do that. I mean, it's it's a hell of a lot more expensive for us at Sweetfish to have you, you know, quarterbacking this strategy for us than it would be for us to just go find a writer that doesn't have the depth of marketing experience that you do. But we know that because, and and this gets into my next, my next prompt for you, Dan, is because I want to talk about what your game plan is with B2B growth. And so because you, you intimately understand marketing and you're learning more and more about B2B marketing, as you've been at Sweetfish for now a couple of years, hosting B2B growth, a lot of our friends now are B2B marketers, you're going to be able to shape and mold this content so that it is not just a, a list of platitudes and eye-rolly like marketing, you know, very trite marketing advice that anybody could have written. It's going to be coming from our perspective, our unique point of view, because you're the one building the outlines and shaping what the content is going to be. And then you're going to use a writer to supplement that thinking to really format and, and make sure that that we have quality articles. But can you can you walk our listeners through with this being the journey series, talk them through, like we're actually doing this right now. Walk them through the journey as we are getting into SEO with B2B growth. So one thing I don't have enough time for just to write all these articles independently. I mean, I just don't have time to write. As many articles need to be written, even if it was my full-time thing and I did nothing but write, no recording show episodes for me, like it would be hard for me to get out. I mean, I'd probably be able to produce an article a day, but there's a lot of other objectives I have to meet in my role. So something I'm doing in order to save time is actually I do the keyword research. I write all the titles and I formulate all the blog posts that need to be written. But something I'm doing to like leverage the expertise, but then save time also is to kick off every single article. I formulate the outline so I know exactly what points need to be covered in order to really answer the question people are asking on Google about a particular topic. And then I'm recording a video that kicks off every single article. That way... I can now assign it to a writer and they have an outline provided by me and essentially a video that kicks off the research so that they know which tidbits to add and then they can fill in the rest themselves. Will it be as good as if I wrote it myself? Probably not. In some cases, it might be better. I'm going to be using 
not low level writers, but writers that probably aren't like, you know, a dollar an hour type of writers, let's put it that way, you know, that are going to be coming up with a really, really funny copy. It's just going to be straightforward, but very clear. And the differentiator will be, it's going to have content in it that actually comes from a place of expertise. And there will be some times where I'm going to interview people that are experts or better at a thing than I am if if it's a certain niche that I haven't done a lot of work in. Well, I can go and talk to them and then just inject their viewpoints into it. And that's how you could actually bring a podcast into play. And how I even discovered this method was that I needed to produce content faster. And I had a team of freshmen working for me at the college that were all good writers and that they knew how to write clear sentences, good spelling, grammar. But they weren't subject matter experts. I started interviewing faculty at that college and then just handing it off to the writers. And I found that they could write much more faster and the articles were much more robust because it was coming from a place of expertise. Yet faculty, being the subject matter experts, didn't know how to write in such a way to create the kind of content Google and the users of Google want to read and pick up quickly. So I could train the writers on how to write for Google and I could get the subject matter expertise from the professors. But you, at your your place of work, you do the same thing with your subject matter experts. Interview them on what the answer should be for your blog content, and you'll be able to get better and clearer answers than just spending two hours looking for the answer on Google. B2B growth. We'll be right back. There are a lot of questions on marketers' minds right now, and analyzing the latest trends can be a full-time job in itself. Can an AR filter really improve brand awareness? Why are streaming ads so loud? What do viewers really think about shoppable ads? Marketing Brew does the hard work for you, dropping a quick-to-read free newsletter in your inbox every weekday, covering essential topics from influencers and advertising to social media and more. Marketing Brew never misses a beat. Get the answers you've been looking for along with the ones you haven't even thought of yet. Upgrade your game alongside a growing community of over two 265,000 marketing professionals. Check it out by clicking the link in our show notes right now. So I could train the writers on how to write for Google and I could get the subject matter expertise from the professors. But you at your, your place of work could do the same thing with your subject matter experts. Interview them on what the answer should be for your blog content and you'll be able to get better and clearer answers than just spending two hours looking for the answer on Google. Can you talk us through a little bit, Dan? I know you glossed over the fact that you're doing the keyword research and you're doing the outlining. Can you dig a little bit deeper into what your process is? Because that that does require you as the subject matter expert to do the keyword research, which is the foundational work, right? Because if if you leave that to the writer and they don't understand the subject matter, you're starting off from a place of, you know, not even writing the right stuff. So Elaborate a little bit on what your process is for identifying the right keywords. Awesome. So let's just use B2B growth as the example, since this is the journey. (laughs) I want to write all the articles known to B2B marketing, right? So that's kind of my top topic. I even went up a level. I'm like, in the future, we might even be able to go all B2B, go and dipping into B2B sales, B2B operations. Like it might be able to go in that level. But for now, B2B marketing is the broad topic that I'm hitting. And I have to break that up into smaller topics. Okay, what's the the categories of B2B marketing, right? So you have to think of what the categories of your blog is going to be. And Google likes to see things as categories. So I thought like, okay, what are the different marketing strategies? You know, you have thought leadership, demand gen, how to build an audience on channels. Category design or category creation. Category design, positioning. There's all these different topics. And I picked out about 
12, right? And they each have subcategories. I think I even organized it by... ABM. Yeah, there's so many different categories I have listed out. Once you know the category, let's take thought leadership. That's actually the one I'm starting with that I'm writing blog posts for now. And then I went to Google and this is how I do my keyword research. I don't use tools like Moz or Backlinko or any any of these other SEO tools in order to do my key, keyword research because I don't trust they have good data. So I just go to Google itself, google.com and type in thought leadership blank. And then I type the letter A, let autocomplete, tell me, give me some answers, right? Google alphabet soup, thought leadership B and see what the autocompletes are for that. And I'll go through and pull out a different, bunch of different keywords that I you have to use some common sense because it'll put some weird stuff in there for you that you know isn't a thing, but for some reason it's auto-completing it. So you kind of have to avoid those ones. But that's why you as the subject matter expert, yeah. that's why it's important for you to be the one doing it. That's right. Because a writer wouldn't necessarily know that, wait a minute, that doesn't make sense. That's talking about something completely different. But you as the SME, you do know that. Absolutely. And it's a lot easier to tell. And eventually you get to things like thought leadership strategies, thought leadership tactics, how to become a thought leader, how to become a thought leader on LinkedIn. These are some of the keywords that surfaced over thought leadership. So once you have a bunch of those keywords, I kind of look for like how to group them. Is it, and HubSpot's been a big proponent of like clusters. And I think they're right on this. Like you should have one blog post that's the center key blog post and then all the other ones that it links out to. So like, what is thought leadership? Usually it's the most competitive one to rank for, which in the terms of thought leadership is just going to be the term thought leadership, right? So thought leadership is in the middle and it's going to link out to thought leadership strategies, thought leadership examples, thought leadership types, how to become a thought leader, how to become a thought leader on LinkedIn. You can see how you create a little cluster of blog posts. And is all that content in the same article or you're talking different articles for thought leadership strategies? Each one of those is a different article, but they all interlink with each other. So all those articles interlink to the one key pillar, which the one in the middle, if you could think of it like a blossoming out, the one in the middle is thought leadership. Okay, all the other peripherals are thought leadership types, thought leadership examples. And of course, the one on thought leadership is just going to be a summary of all the other articles, but it's going to be its own separate article. Because when someone searches thought leadership, it's kind of like generic. What is Google? Google's not even sure what to serve. They're like, oh, when someone Googles thought leadership, like, are they looking for what it is? Are they looking for the strategies behind it? How to do it? Where to find it? What do we do? And so we load up these big pillar posts, usually we call them smorgasbord posts, because you kind of have to load a bunch of different content types on it because even Google doesn't even know what they're looking for because they haven't clarified their intent. If you think about it, we do it all the time. Like when you first Google, I don't know, like if you were wanting to go on how to buy your first car, you probably didn't type in the right thing. You put cars. Oh, no, okay. How to buy a car, how to buy a used car, how to buy a used car in Loveland, Colorado. <laughs> so you narr- you're usually you start with a broad search. And then as you go, your search becomes longer and longer as you move along, as you figure out what you're actually looking for. And that's pretty typical in an SEO game where people are looking for that thing. Still, you want to win on each path in the journey. So you kind of plan, plan along for that. Yeah, I'm sure there's going to be a lot more episodes where we are diving deep into the SEO component of you know, turning B2B growth into a media property that 10,000 B2B marketers would claim is their favorite. Because I want to talk more about outlines and all of the different things that go into actually getting to a place where you can drive legitimate traffic to a site. We think it should be an independent site, separate from your your company's site, but a, a site for your media property. And then 
getting, using those individual pages, these blog posts to then point to your other components of your media property, whether it's your YouTube channel, your podcast, your newsletter. And that's how I think modern SEO is going to drive revenue and pipeline for B2B brands is, is this way of like, we are going to rank for every possible keyword that our ideal buyer could be Googling. And then we're going to, we're going to write the most helpful article for that keyword. And then we're going to point them to other pieces of media that get them further down our funnel to consume more of our content and where they will eventually, like they're going to learn about our brand and, and how we could potentially help them. And when they do, we will have built so much affinity with them because we've been the most helpful media resource on the internet for them. The competition isn't even going to matter because we've become their favorite. So I love talking about this stuff. If you have not already followed the show on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, make sure to go ahead and do that. Leave us a rating. Those ratings help us get discovered within podcast apps. So just tap the number of stars you think the show deserves. And we will be back in your ears soon. If you enjoyed today's show, hit subscribe for more marketing goodness. And if you really enjoyed today's show, take a second to rate and review the podcast on the platform you're listening to it on right now. If you really, really enjoyed this episode, share the love by texting it to a friend who would find it insightful. Thanks for listening and thanks for sharing. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.